All right, everybody, welcome into the Sideline Spectator, episode two. I'm your host, Jake Smith, along with my co-host, Sam Kell. Kell, how we doing, baby? We're feeling good, feeling good. 1-0, I know we, some of us are not, all of us are 1-0, but feeling good. No, unfortunately not. Football, it's great that football is back, and you know when football is back, when a first-time or, or an OC turned first-time head coach gets his brakes blown off week one. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith with the Falcons. That was an absolute travesty of a game. And I just feel like every year it happens where, <laughs> you know, big talks about an yep. OC coming into a new franchise. They're going to turn it around. And then, like, week one, it's it's almost like a reality shock to the fan base because they just go out and they lay an egg. But also, at the same time, it's great because my eyes are still burning from Sunday. Uh, I spent nine and a half hours in front of a TV, you know, with Sunday ticket. And, uh, you know, I got those raccoon eyes, but, you know, we'll get better every week. Yeah, I I watched the Chargers game. That was enough stress for me for the whole weekend. But I got red zone this weekend, so I'll be able to catch all those. All right, Sam, since you missed episode one, what is your predictions and the outlook on the season? Go ahead and hit us with that. All right. Uh, records, I'll go ahead and hit that first. My Chargers, 11-6. and six. I think they win a lot of games, but a lot more than last year. But I just I just think there's six probably. Tough division, AFC West, and uh, drop probably about six, I would say. Patriots, Mac Jones. Think he probably wins some games. Ten and seven is probably what I got them going. Titans, twelve and five off pure offense, even if they don't have a defense. And then Bucks, Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, he's going to lose some games, five games probably in the first ten, and then they'll win out as per usual. So we got. It's crazy because that's what they did last year. Last year they they came out. Think their worst was six and four and then it turned to seven and five and then after their bye week it's like they were just like okay let's try now let's throw out everything and tom you can just kind of run the offense he could have run the defense too if he wanted to after he forgot it was fourth down i think that was probably the turning point (laughs) but uh so awards i'll run through this pretty quick mvp I'm going to get called biased, and I am, but I'm going to go Justin Herbert and say what you want. Last year, if he's coached and they win a few more games, he's probably in the race to win MVP last year. So, defensive How player. How many games? So, what what was the Chargers record last nine year? Nine and seven, won, won their last five. Okay, so they won their last five. What do you think? Because we all know that nobody that misses the playoffs is going to win an MVP award. What? Say, I think say I think I think I think you guarantee three more wins because you got Chiefs week two. He takes them to Her- Herbert. Never no practice, no reps. Takes him to OT. Anthony Lynn probably fumbles that game. I'll have to go. I'd have to go back. I try to put that pain out of my head, but I think three at least gets you gets you to twelve wins, and then I think well that you're in if you get the twelve wins. So my question with it is say. Chargers go, you know, wild card weekend, they lose, whatever. What is yeah. the record? Because the league is the league MVP is so based on, you know, your team's overall success as well. Right. What is the minimum record do you think that would allow Justin Herbert to win the MVP award? Last year? This year. This upcoming season. Oh, this what's year? What's like the lowest record they can have to where he can still win MVP? Probably – I say if he wins the division at 12 and five and puts up the numbers that he's probably going to, if he beats Pat Mahomes out for the division title and puts it in, like I said, they win 12 games and get the two seed probably, maybe even the one, I don't know. Buffalo's kind of shaky, but one or two seed and win the division. I think it's tough. I think, I think it's tough to, if not put him in the conversation at least. But uh, and then deep defensive player of the year, we kind of we kind of f- favor on this one. Darius Leonard, he just got paid. He's a beast. Oh, Derwin should have so won good. rookie of the year over him, but he's a, he's still a beast. <laughs> uh, rookie of the year, the unbiased Sam Kelly, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Rookie of the year, 
Now, I made this pick before week one, but Trevor Lawrence, I just think he's a beast. And I thought Urban Meyer would kind of have him rolling, but we'll see how that goes. I feel like Urban Meyer, after watching, I didn't watch a ton of that game, but I feel like Urban Meyer did not do a lot of stuff that they would have done in college, which is what I thought Urban Meyer was going to do. I thought Urban Meyer was going to come in and kind of bring in the college system a little bit, which is, you know, made him so successful. And that's something that Lawrence is so, you know, accustomed to. And also that would help them running a college style offense would help with their horrible offensive line. Exactly. I think that I'm kind of scared that Lawrence won't make it through the entire year. I'm concerned, just like Joe Burrow last year, Joe Burrow didn't have an offensive line, gets knocked out, you know, within five or six games of the of the season, even though he was having a really good rookie year, but blows out his ACL because yeah. his offensive line is absolutely terrible. So that's kind of my thinkings with, I, I just feel like I want to wrap that in with Mac Jones, you know, being my rookie of the year. I just feel like he came into the perfect situation. They're going to protect him. They're going to make things super easy for him. His average depth of target was seven and a half yards against the Dolphins. And, you know, they're just going to make things easy for him. That, that's why I didn't pick Lawrence, because I was going to pick him. But I just thought that all those factors, and plus apparently right. the Jaguar players hate Urban Meyer. Yeah, and that, and I didn't pick – I picked P- Lawrence purely off of wanting to be right, not because I wanted to. But, I mean, ESPN, as soon as he threw his first completion, they posted it on Twitter. And I'm like, are we seriously starting this already? Like – I know, I know he's the godsend quarterback. Like I understand that, but the first completion was like a seven-yard in route, and they they were like gushing. I'm like, oh, okay. So I mean, if he has a mediocre season, I, I think he wins it just because just because he he's who he is. It's the same thing as Patrick Mahomes when he throws an incomplete pass in a Super Bowl. And people act like it was the greatest pass ever thrown, even though it was incomplete. You know what I mean? It's yeah. And he ran, and he ran twenty yards backwards yeah, when he didn't exactly. have to. Exactly. I mean, it's going to be the same thing with Lawrence. Uh, I think when Trey Lance also gets his shot, I think it's going to be the exact same way uh, that it's going to be for Lawrence and like it is for yeah for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, shoot, Matthew Stafford has been doing the stuff that Patrick Mahomes is doing his entire career, but it's just because he plays in Detroit yeah. out for a terrible, he's just been for a terrible in team. Detroit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I'll go T-Law. T- you didn't do uh, Rookie Defensive Player of the Year or Coach of the Year, but I wrote them down, so I'll just go ahead and give them just for the sake of maybe I'm right. Uh, my bias is going to show in these two, but I think these are actually pretty realistic. Defensive Player, Rookie Defensive Player of the Year, Asante Samuel Jr., second-round corner out of Florida State. He won the starting gig. I think he's number two corner. I think he had three PBUs this past weekend. I mean, he, he beat out Chris Harris, who's been around the league for forever, for that number two corner spot. He looked pretty good. So we'll see. we're against Washington this past week. So this week against Dak, we'll, be, we'll see what he does. Coach of the year, I'm going to go Brandon Staley, first-year head coach, defensive coordinator. If he sets these offensive records, like I think is about to happen, it's and you get the 11 wins, and the wild, maybe if they win the wild card weekend, maybe. I mean, it's I think that's a pretty good – job uh did you do afc prediction or uh, playoff predictions i did not i mean in my super bowl i have the rams versus the bills yeah and i got uh bills packers so ha- half right on that oh and I, I by the way i wrote in my notes i'm gonna give you a chance to change your la chargers prediction after after the, after today, you don't get a chance. But I'll give I'll let you get you predicted nine and eight. So this is your last chance before I'm nailing it to my wall and looking at it every morning when I wake up. You know what? I I think you need that that extra motivation. I think you need that kick in the butt. I think you get up at four thirty in the morning to go to the gym. Which hey, more power to you. Ain't no way I'm doing that. But you know, hey, it's bulletin board material. I mean, you know, you're gonna wake up every day see that you know the first yeah. thing and you know you're just gonna go at at your your day-to-day job you know with a fire under your butt i mean that it, you're welcome you're honestly you're welcome all right i think that's my probably that's my predictions that i got and i like state let, let me say this the unbiased thing staley 
I love that pick for coach of the year, honestly. He's coming into a situation where you're right. They they should have probably won three to four more games last year just solely off of a coach that knows what a game clock is. When you're trying to uh, do a QB sneak from the four-yard mm-hmm. line, when you still had, I think it was one or two timeouts, and, and it's fourth down, and you do a QB sneak, I mean yep. – it, it, just things like that. I think Staley coming from McVay. He's a former former quarterback he, as well, gonna too. He's going to know what's going on, man. He's also like a defensive guy. I mean, even though Anthony Lynn ruined last season, having Anthony Lynn and having Justin Herbert do as well as he did last year, I mean, just imagine what he's going to do with Staley Yeah, and I, I can't season. wait. I uh, It's going to be – and Staley, I – you can pull – people, Chargers fans are going to pull the receipts one day. I was so out on it. I wanted Lincoln Riley. I wanted Dabble. I, I hated it. But I'm – I'll more than happily eat my words. But like I said, you're, everything you said is right. And like I said, he, he walks into a loaded roster. Just like Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn won all those games that first year. He walked into a loaded roster. And like I said, me and you could coach that game that team to 12 wins that year i think so like i said it's gonna be it'll be an exciting year for sure yeah just based off of knowing what a clock is all right so let's get into thursday night football i've got a take on thursday night football to be honest so that first that first thursday night game of the season that's what always kicks it off you know you've got the defending super bowl champ against another team that they think is going to do awesome ratings right so i feel like that first Thursday night football game to kick out the year it's like Christmas Eve you know what I mean because Sunday is is the Christmas (laughs) I mean that's where you get to sit in front of your TV like me for nine and a half hours and burn your eyeballs out but that first Thursday night right it's like Mm -hmm. it's when your parents give you a a gift before Christmas but then after that it it basically Thursday night football turns into like a, a family reunion where nobody really cares anymore because the games aren't all that good. Yeah, we got Washington Giants tomorrow or Thursday night, so it'll be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. The Thursday night game, the first one, it's always going to be huge ratings, good matchup, and then after that, yeah. you you get these kind of teams. And that's probably my NFC Championship pick, Dallas and Tamp- Tampa, if things work out that way. Okay. Okay. I. I don't hate that. Um, actually, let's talk about Dak. Dak's going to win comeback player of the year. He could – hey, I don't wish injury on anybody, and I'm not with him. He could blow out his ACL tomorrow, and if I was a a voter, I would still vote him for comeback player of the year. Yeah, he's probably he's probably got it in the bag. I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. He looked pretty – and that's with no run game. <laughs> like, Z got free one night and, like, skipped down the sideline. He was so happy, and that was about it. Yeah, he started high stepping after he got past the first down marker like he didn't know uh, he's never been there before. Oh, and by the way, my prediction for the Super Bowl was Packers, Bills, but I could so I could so see Dallas and Dallas and Tampa Bay in that NFC Finals as well. And Dak, I don't know if you saw Dak after the game came up to come. Laughing. Yep, he said, we'll see you again. And I love when players – I'm sure everybody says that to Tom Brady, and he's probably like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to see this jag ever again. But, you know, I, I do I do believe Dak when he says that, to be honest, because I know that he has that confidence yeah. where when, you know, you push the chips to the middle of the table, Dak's going to put the team on his back. Because he did the other night. I mean, it's just his kicker stunk. Yeah, if we, that, if we get that as a second round game in the playoffs this next year, would that'll be that'll be a treat. Uh, did you see Tom Brady? So the play that essentially set up the field goal when Chris Godwin pushed off, which he did. You're, I saw a Twitter freaking out about it. If you're an official at that late stage yeah. of the game, he didn't fully extend. There's hand fighting, just like the uh, play. Yeah. Was it pi? Yeah, probably. But at that stage in the game you're going to swallow your whistle. Yeah, and as a, as a former wide receiver, I mean, he's touching you, you're touching him, and you're fighting. But when you slow-mo anything down, you can you can twist it to wherever you want it to be. I Like I said, I honestly, I'd gone to bed because I bet the over, and once that hit in the third quarter, I went to bed. But yeah, you're, done. you're cashed and out, right. Tom Brady, Ty Gang going to the fourth quarter. We've seen this movie a thousand times. Like, I don't need to see watch it again. 
that play when Chris Godwin pushed off Brian Leftwich, which this is known, uh, Tom Brady, I saw him do it hundreds of times last season. Brian Leftwich would call on a play. Brady would look down at his uh, at his play call on his wrist, and he'd look at Brian, and he would shake his head, and then Brady would go in the huddle and call his own play. So <laughs> before that yep. play, Leftwich had, and you can look, you can go and YouTube this video. Leftwich calls in the play, and Brady literally looks at the sideline and yells no like three or four times and then you see left which not even give him another play Brady just turns right back into the huddle calls his own play and gets it and it sets up the game winning field goal yeah I mean that's just what he does left which I mean he probably he, he did a good job last year but <laughs> I mean, you let Tom run that show. All right, so let's get into the next game. My Patriots versus AFC East Division rival, the Dolphins. Honestly, I went into this game thinking that Tua was going to screw up, and he almost did. He threw a horrible pick, I think, early in the fourth quarter. Oh, he did screw up. Eight minutes left. He throws, throws that ball up. And then we go on that drive after the after the interception and Damian Harris fumbles around the 10-yard line, even though we, you know, all we had to do was kick a field goal, and that's probably ball game. I don't see Tua as one of those guys that's going to be able to do like what Brady did, minute and 30 seconds left, you know, get your team down the field. Even if he does have all three timeouts, I I just don't think Tua is that kind of guy. Um, Not right now, for sure. It's so weird, man, because the Patriots are – I'm so used to them playing mistake-free football, right? They had eight penalties for 84 yards. They had four fumbles, two of them lost, Mm -hmm. which Damian Harris, that was the biggest one. Ramondre Stevenson, he had one on his, I think, second or third carry of the game of his career. He fumbles, and Bill just buries him at the end of the bench, and we don't see him for the rest of the game. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Mac was, I mean, he he did what they asked him to do. He was absolutely flawless. When we got down to the red zone, Harris, the play before he fumbled, he taps himself out of the game because he's exhausted. And Mac was, Mac was you know, being yeah. surgical out there, taking what the defense gave him, moving the ball down the field. And then it was like we got into the red zone, and it was like run, run, Oh, fumble run. You know, it, it was just one of those things where I thought they should have put the game on max back, to be honest. I mean, it's just like in basketball or any other sport you want to, you want to ride the hot hand. It, it doesn't matter if it's LeBron James or J.R. Smith, you know, whoever's got the hot hand, let's give them the ball and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. The Pats are, are D line. It it's horrendous. I knew it was going to be bad going into the season, but Holy smokes, it's even worse and I hate to say it with the D line being as bad as it is and Hightower opting out last year and opting in this year, Hightower, man, I love him to death. Made some really big plays for us. He looks old, man. He looks a step or two slower than anybody else out on the field. I hate, he missed gap assignments. Uh, He got smothered by blocking. It's just something that I'm not used to seeing from Hightower and, Unfortunately, I think it's going to be the the beginning of the end. Yeah, well, if if that's the case, like I said, I didn't watch much, but uh, Bill Bill won't let that go on for very long, no matter who they are. So my I, my Pats, Miami, pretty pretty simple. Mac, like I said, did did what he's supposed to do. Can't can't put the loss on him. He did what he's supposed to do. I think it's a big win by the Dolphins, especially if you're wanting to get trying to make a push for the playoffs this year. I don't, I don't think they'll get there, but I think that's a big win. Flores has won three out of four against Belichick since he's been there, which is crazy to think about. Probably a fluke, but on the Titans-Cardinals. Uh, like I said, I, I, I pretty much watched mainly Chargers and caught the recap of all the other games, but uh, picked the Titans to win. Figured they would kind of win 38-24 to 24 game, score a lot, give up a lot. They got no defense. They got none. They got Jeffrey Simmons, Byard, Kevin Byard got paid and decided he didn't want to play football anymore, I guess. Kyler looked like an MVP, even though he, he can't reach the top shelf. D-Hop, you can throw it up to him, and he's going to go get that rock. Yeah, and finally, uh, 
Is Julio washed? Man, he had a bad day. <laughs> he might he be washed. Really bad day. He, After, he's allergic to the end zone, too. I, he all, I mean, that that's always been the knock on yeah. Julio. Uh, Julio, he had a bad day. It started with that stupid personal foul penalty that he picked up early in the game was that the was that the excessive blocking or whatever he yeah. got it's stupid and yeah after that he i don't think they counted most of them as drops but there were plenty where the ball you know would go through his hands hit his face mask or that he would actually drop and it was just like i said they didn't count all of them towards a stat line for drops but yeah they were catchable balls for really any receiver in the NFL but it was one of those things where it was like this does not look like that I've been accustomed to and I know Titans fans have been renting and raving for the entire offseason all offseason signing Julio Jones and you know I mean he's old man he's great dude I mean I take him I take him on the Patriots yesterday you know he's what probably I mean? top he's probably top three or four all time I mean honestly Pure skill, skill wise. You put him like, above To. Uh, I got Randy, probably Jerry, and after that, I I could I could debate everybody. I'd go Calvin, Calvin Johnson at number three, personally. Yeah, well, that's that's we'll get in that another day. Yeah. We can go all day about that. Man, I think the the Titans, honestly, man, they remind me of the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles. So the year before 2010, they they have Mike Vick. They go 10 and six, get a playoff spot. 2011, yep. man, listen to these to these group of guys that they brought in, okay? Dominic Rogers Cromartie, Nomni Asamoa, which he mm-hmm. was shut down before he got with the, Ra- yeah, with the Raiders. Yeah, you saw everybody, everybody wearing 24. Everybody was wearing 24 yep. Eagles jerseys. Uh, Bench Young signed, which, I mean, uh, uh, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Brown came from the Dolphins. He was mm-hmm. he was pretty good for a few seasons. They had Shady McCoy. They had Michael Vick. They had Deshaun Jackson. They had Jeremy Macklin. They had Jason Peters. They had a young Jason Kelsey. They had Brandon Graham. And they had Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. You Pretend you have Alzheimer's, right? You hear that group of, yeah. of skilled players and those two guys on the offensive line. I mean, what do you think they did? I'm thinking at least making the playoffs, but they didn't, did they? 100%. They went 8-8 eight and eight that year. Yeah. 8-8. Eight and eight. I was going to say I, I was gonna say probably about 10, 11 wins. And that's the thing, man. The NFL, it's, it's the complete opposite of basketball, in my opinion. Basketball, you can add one or two stars – and it completely, you know, LeBron James going back to Cleveland. They stunk before he went back. He goes back, mm-hmm. brings all these guys with him, and they're they go to four straight finals. Right. You know what I mean? Football doesn't work like that. The Bucks made it work last year with the guys that Brady brought in with him, but it took time for that to actually work. I'm not writing off the Titans yet, just because of what we saw last year. With the talent, you know, it finally oh, no. came together after the bye week for the Bucks, you, and yeah. I, it's just this Titans team with all the hype. It reminds me of the 2011 Eagles. I mean, Vince Young in training camp, even though he was a backup at the time, he named the 2011 Eagles in training camp the dream team. No football team has ever been called the dream team, but leave it to Vince Young to no. calling his own team where he's the backup, the dream team. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I'd probably write him off if they didn't play in the worst division in football, maybe ever. Taylor Lewan, do you think he's done? He's been in the league since I want to say 2014. Okay. So going on seven seasons, he tears his ACL. He, he looked horrible. I know he was going up against Chandler Jones. Don't get love Chandler Jones, former Pats player. I mean, he had three sacks in the first in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. He won defensive player of the year yesterday, probably. Uh and I mean, I just saw tonight that Luan got put on his butt by the Buddha Baker that who video, is my size. I wish I would have noticed that in real time. That video was incredible. I've actually seen Taylor Luan in person too at Firehouse Subs in Nashville where me and Joe were going to the Cleveland game a couple years ago. I didn't say anything to him just because I didn't want to be that guy. But he's a pretty big guy, and the thought that a person about my size 
made to Taylor Juan trip over his own feet and fall back. Just yeah, it's it's, it's like that yeah. that picture of Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry was still at Bama and Mark Ingram <laughs> is the honorary coin flip person. And you know, it's just like that picture standing beside each other. That was the equivalent of Taylor Lewan and yeah. Buda Baker. Uh, right there. It may, it may, it may be time for Lewan to focus on his on his own podcast. Oh, so, <laughs> so you think up. you think he shouldn't focus on football anymore? You think he should just straight up be doing busting with the boys? I mean, if if the if any safety's walking down that coming down the line and putting him on his butt, he's gonna have a long year this year. But hey, all seriousness, shout out busting with the boys. I, I don't care who to plug. Uh, I mean, you know, it just helps other people. I love that stinking podcast. That podcast is awesome. When they get former NFL guys or current NFL guys on yeah. there, they give their insight. That pod, mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I mean, they give – and Lawan say what you will about him and how he performed. He is such a smart football player. He will be on that podcast talking about things from two or three seasons ago just like it happened yesterday, and he just watched film on it. Do you want to say anything about Ryan Tannehill? Uh, he's good when Derrick Henry's good. Do you think he's good when Derrick Henry's good, or do you think he's good with Arthur Smith? I always said Tannehill, I thought Tannehill was good because he made the Dolphins 8-8 eight eight every year and made them relevant. I was always a big Tannehill guy. But Let me say this. we're Like I said in the first episode, we don't do nerd stats, okay? We don't do stats that are going yeah. to, you know, hey, let's take out this receiver and put in our special teams receiver on this possession because he has better, you know, 20, 20 yard shuttle than than our current receiver has in, and we need to get a first down and it and it's third and three, so he's gonna run a zig route or something. We don't do that. But listen to this. Last season in 2020, the Titans led the NFL in play-action passes, okay? They ran play-action pass 59% of the time, okay? They ran play-action the other night or the other day 5% of the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's those, so they got an OC now, but, I mean, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, play-action is what they, is their bread and butter. I don't know him. He looks like he should be the manager at, like, a – buckle jeans outlet in the mall that dude he had his hand on his chin the entire every time that the camera would pan to him and he just looked ticked off the whole time like the offense was to blame I don't want to put all the blame on the offense I actually think the play calling for the Titans was horrendous I mean you you've got Derrick Henry right and Henry didn't have the best let's be real Henry did not have the best game mainly because the offensive line stunk so bad. But you've got Derrick Henry. Even when you want to pass, use play action. Tannehill off of play action is phenomenal. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. When It's, it's when yeah. they try to do the thing where the Dolphins did with Tannehill when he was in Miami. They tried to run spread. They tried to spread it out, air it out, and say, hey, Tannehill mm-hmm. – you know, go make a play. That's not his game. We learned last season whenever uh, the Titans did so well in the season before that, whenever he came in for Mariota, that that's not his game. Arthur Smith doesn't get enough credit. He did such a good job with kind of protecting Tannehill to a sense where, hey, our offense is Derrick Henry, okay? Let's run everything through him. Play action. We're going to use a lot of play action because the defense has to respect him. I mean, if you don't put seven or eight guys in the box against Derrick Henry, you're going to be that pitcher of Earl Thomas getting stiff arm to the moon and turn it into a lead blocker for Derrick Henry. Yeah, and when you fake, you fake that off the, fake that off to him, I mean, the safeties are going to have to move. They're going to move a little bit. If they're not, they're going to be meeting him 10 yards down the field when he has a full head of steam. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't want, like I said, I didn't watch much of the game. I, I know they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I didn't see the play calling, but. I, saw, I know I played against Eric Henry in fantasy, and he had seven points. So that was a win for me, but obviously not for the Titans. All right, Chargers and Washington football team. We'll start at the top. Coaching. It is such a relief to have a coach. Not, not only a head coach, but an offensive coordinator. If you watch the game, which some people did, I mean, I had to pull it up. I had to stream it on my computer. I mean, the play call is great. 
game management with the timeouts, situational football. I mean, I don't know if it was good, but it was so much better than what I'm used to. Another point, actually, I meant to start at the top. This Chargers team this year, it's worth one game in, but it looks like a new Chargers team. Past three years, Chargers lose that game yesterday. 100%. That's a going against a good defense. I know we're backup quarterback, but you got a good elite defense, number one in passing, pass defense last year. On the road, I mean, that's a pretty clutch win. And then, like I said, the, the final drive, which that leads me to my next point, the first drive and the last drive yesterday. First drive, they get the ball at the 20-yard line, and they don't miss a beat. They go right straight down the field and score. I mean, like it was nothing. I think Cook caught a couple balls. Keenan, Mike, Eckler's running the ball. Roundtree, rookie, he's running. Like, we just – it was – it looked like a Super Bowl drive. It did. Do you want to rescind your take on Mike Williams? <sighs> no. My- For everybody to hear. All- At the end of the season, I may want to. I think Mike Williams was reading my tweets this offseason. Me bashing. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll and granted, he doesn't deserve – 15 million after for what he's shown, but he could make up for it this year. But yeah, he balled out yesterday. But no, that first drive was a Super Bowl drive, ran it, I mean, took it right down their throats in every kind of way. And then the last drive, I mean, the Chargers get the ball back seven minutes on the clock and they do not ever give it back. They don't, they take it all the way down and score. Four third down conversions on the drive. Go back to the coaching. You got third and 16 on their own 10 yard line. 12-yard line, actually. Third and 16 on their tw- own 12-yard line. So, in years past, we get the ball to Anthony Lynn. We're, I mean, we're going to run, run, pass, if we're lucky, run, run, pass. But we get third and 16, it's a screen or a draw or or something. I mean, Herbert drops back, and he throws a dime to Keenan first down. I mean, it's just coaching. Is Like I said, I'm glad we executed. We, we could have very easily not executed, but like I said, I, they trust Herbert. And, uh, man, I'm loving it. Like I say, coach, good game plan, management, letting Herbert throw at that, that third and 16. That just stood out to me. O-line. Phillip, poor Phillip Rivers never got a good O-line in his life. And yesterday, they probably played the best D-line in football, would you say? If not, top two or three. They played the best front four in the NFL, no doubt. Yeah. And that defense was the number one ranked pass defense last season. Right. Uh, yeah, and like I said, we have Brian Belaga, former Packer, our right tackle, hurt on and off. He gets hurt. So Storm Norton comes in, who's in the XFL two years ago. So Chase Young starts on the left side, which is our rookie Slater. And Slater's stonewalling him. I mean, he's not getting anything. He moves to the other side. And he gets a couple pressures on Belaga. Belaga gets hurt. Storm Norton goes in there. And I'm like, my hand's in my head. My head's in my hand. I'm like, oh, he's about to eat Storm alive. Chase Young finishes the game with three tackles, no sacks, nothing, three tackles. He was an Alcatraz. <laughs> he, he was not going nowhere. And, I mean, him between him and Montez Sweat, I mean, the, the tackles and the whole offensive line, I mean, I can't really say enough about them. It's It was nice to see. I think Herbert got hit once. He got sacked once in, in the red zone, and then he got hit another in the red zone, which takes me to another one of my points, that fumble. How terrible was that? That – I've never seen a fumble go 15 yards in the oh, air to the end zone. They were the ball was on the 15 yard line. Herbert dropped back five yards, and then goes through the end zone, which is 30 yards. So that's a 30 yard forward fumble in the direction that Herbert was throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean it's terrible. I mean we won. Luckily we won, so I don't have to be too mad about it. But yeah, it was. That was one of those plays where if Anthony Lynn is still your coach, you probably don't bounce back from it. You don't – You that's exactly what I was about to say. You don't bounce back from that. Say Washington goes down the field, scores a touchdown, and you're down however many. Anthony Lynn is probably still going to be so fixated on that fumble call that he's going to completely forget that he still has to go back down the field and score yeah. in order to tie or win the game. Yeah. And like I said, that that that, that was rough. But, uh, yeah, O-line played good. And then in terms of play, players – Mike Dub, apparently he read my tweets all offseason. He played great. I think he had eight catches career high, eight catches for about 80 yards, I believe, which is not terrible. Caught a touchdown, dropped a touchdown, dropped a couple other balls, but it's okay. Like I said, he played pretty good. Derwin, I mean, I don't want to say he's the best safety in the NFL, but, I mean, he's back. So, I mean, we're going to see if he can stay healthy. He's 25 years old. I mean, he's does it all. He, he's pretty great. They've got to get the pieces around Herbert. 
in the next couple yeah. of years because Herbert is going to get a fat bag whenever. He's yeah, and so is Der- and so is Derwin, and both is already getting paid. Uh, like I said, I already touched on Asante Samuel Jr. played great this weekend. Keenan is elite. He showed it again. Best route runner in the NFL. Yeah, and like I love Devontae Adams, but uh, Keenan just he's consistent. I mean, he in game in openers. He has the second most all-time hundred yard hundred yard games. Um, he's just he's good. Bosa, I didn't pick him for defensive player of the year because I didn't want to sound too biased. But I mean, among players with at least twenty pass rushes, you biased? Yeah. No, no. Among players with twenty pass rush reps on Sunday, Bosa was number one with a ridiculous rate of thirty-five uh, percent per rush, which is a lot kind of, of nuts. Of yeah, and then. Some another another thing about Derwin, uh, he missed all of last year. I think he's missed he missed all of last year, and then he missed almost the whole season the year before. He recorded a ninety point zero grade, second among safeties, and a ninety point two coverage rating, which was the first among safeties. So I mean, I mean he might be back. He might be all the way back. No offense allowed lower pressure than the Chargers in Week One. Twelve percent per drop back. That's so impressive against that defensive line. Yeah, it, I was. I'm very happy happy about that. Uh, another thing about Bosa: sixty percent pass r- win rate per next gen stats with a different stat stat keeper, but still like sixty percent per rush attempt. I mean, that's it's the highest since two twenty twenty, and that's actually a Washington media beat writer that was talking about him. Uh, he finishes the day with let me see his final stat line: thirty one forty seven. They let him throw the football 47 times, which is crazy. 337 yards, a touchdown, and interception. You you look at that stat line against the defense, and you say that's pretty good. And then you got you dig a little bit deeper in it. So out of those 16 incompletions, four missed throws, including the interception where he just put too much on it, uh, two throwaways, a batted ball that was a screen batted down by Chase Young, and here it is, nine drops by the wide receivers. Nine. So you – Say you just they, they catch all nine, just have a good day. 40 47. You think he probably gets, say, 90 yards with those nine balls, 10 yards. So, a lot, some of them were longer, some of them were shorter, but let's just say 10. I mean, he puts up a stat line of 40 for 47, uh, 430 yards. And two of, the t- two of the drops were touchdowns, three touchdowns minimum, and interception, maybe more touchdowns. So, I mean, that's those numbers right there. Are, Absolutely nuts. He's better than advertised, better than I expected. And I'm, I mean, I, I'll carry water for Herbert any day of the week. I know you love, I know you love him. I know you can't wait to see him just like I can. Oh, he's the face of the league, like the future face of the league. Once Brady kicks the bucket, if he ever will, uh, I mean, it's Herbert's league to take. Yeah. And that's why I love seeing Herbert and, and Brady last year so much. It was, I was supposed to go. My aunt lives in St. Petersburg, which is right by Tampa. But then COVID happened, so I didn't get to go. So I was pretty bummed. A few quick things, and we'll pop in. I'll wrap them up. Defense looked okay. Heineke brings a different element than Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick stayed in the game. I think they probably don't score a touchdown. Honestly, Heineke be able to move. He was it just helped them a lot. We have zero return game, special teams wise. I mean, I guess that's okay if you got the offense that can move the ball like that. Drops were terrible, terrible. That doesn't need to happen again. And then I sent you my score prediction between the game. I tweeted it actually, 27-16. And they need the ball on like the five-yard line when it's 20-16 to 16 at the end of the game. So I, th- I thought I had that nailed. Um, and I also tweeted out that Heineke was my – him going in was probably the worst possible po- possible case scenario for the Chargers on Sunday. And they – he that I don't think they come close to winning that game without Heineke. And I love Fitz, but he just – yeah, you, you don't know if he's going to show up to the to the four field. Tu- with yeah, is it four touchdowns or two interceptions and two fumbles? But uh, yeah, that's that. That'll wrap it up. I try to keep it short as short as sweet as I could. Overall, pretty happy with that win. Wish we could have scored some more points on the Dallas Packers Saints. I drafted Aaron Rodgers in two of my fantasy leagues. <laughs> you hate Aaron Rodgers. I do, but I love watching him play. I the thing about Aaron Rodgers that bugs me: one, he's a bad teammate. Uh, guys just don't say very good things about him uh he he's kind of a me guy not kind of i mean he's a big time me guy he he, he's he's one of those guys that just points his finger at everybody else but in terms of playing dude 
I'd rather watch him than almost any other quarterback not named Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, just watching him play, he throws – it drives me crazy because I like fundamentals. He throws off of his back foot Oh yeah, every single throw, but somehow he's one of the most accurate passers in league history. Arm talent-wise, he's probably – he's probably one. Oh, it's him and Marine. Yeah, 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 it's one or two. Yeah, I mean, he's – my notes on them are not – very much. If I'm if I'm Green Bay, I flush it and hope it's not anything deeper than than offset the whole off season of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a long long season, long season. The one thing that I want to point out from it is late in the game when Jordan Love went in, there was a camera panned over to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, future Devontae Adams, future Charger, by the way. Just just saying. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, that'll probably never happen. Um, but. Aaron Rodgers had his arms crossed talking to Devontae Adams, and they were both smiling and laughing. Let me say something. When you listen, when everybody, all four of our audience, listens to this podcast from here on out, I compare everything to Brady because he is the standard. He was my quarterback for 20 years. If Tom Brady is getting blown out, Peyton Manning getting blown out, Brett Favre getting blown out, you're not going to see them smiling and cutting up on the sidelines. It's just one of those things. Uh-uh. I've always said it. Aaron Rodgers, talented as anybody else. Nope. He, he just doesn't get it. There are those guys that have all the talent in the world, but they just don't get it. They don't. There's something off where they don't know how to win. They don't know, you know, what to do at certain points and and they kind of just just go for it all even if the situation doesn't doesn't call for it and it leads to mistakes and it's just one of those things that rub me the wrong way personally not that Aaron Rodgers has to answer to me but it's one of those things that you don't want to see if you know if Tannehill was on the on the bench laughing while the, while the Cardinals. You don't want your quarterback doing that, period. Yeah. Like I said, I, I like I said, I put on my notes, flush it if you're Green Bay. Hope it's not an internal issue, which it probably is. It could it, it could probably. be just waiting to bust out. And my final note was did LASIK LASIK fix Jameis? I was just about to bring that up. Dude, I tell you what, I have 2015 vision, right? Yeah. I'm blind as a bat, so I need LASIK. Um, so maybe I should get it. Maybe my golf game will get better. <laughs> I'll get I'll get LASIK yesterday if that's what it does for me. Jameis Winston looked like a completely different quarterback, but I, I do want to give some props to Sean Payton. I feel like Sean Payton every time he probably like had like a sense that Jameis Winston was about to screw something up. And then he would just put in Taysom Hill at random times. He was like, Oh man, Jameis has thrown the ball like six times. He's probably about to throw a pick. Let's put Taysom Hill in. <laughs> run a stupid play that doesn't even matter yeah. and then put Jameis back in kind of just railing, like reeling him in a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's probably good. He doesn't have a Mike Evans where he's that confident to throw it up to as much as Jameis was doing in Tampa. I mean, 30 granted, he came down with it half the time, but the other half was, it was a pick. So, I mean, I think his best they, the best guy they got, I mean, I don't know who they got at receiver. Mike Thomas. I mean, Call- Callaway is good, but I don't know how much run he's getting. Yeah, Deontay Harris, that tight end. I can't even remember. Juwan, Juwan, J- Johnson. I think. Yeah. And some of his throws weren't very – his touchdown throws weren't probably the best throws either. <laughs> that, that one that Juwan caught or in the back of the end zone, it probably wasn't the best idea. But, like I said, he got it done. And, uh, like I said, he's, he's making a lot of people eat crow if he keeps playing like that. No doubt. Let's skip down to the Rams versus the Bears uh, Sunday night football. Chicago is bad, bad. They're bad. I don't, Nagy made the promise to Andy Dalton, and I get you want to be a man of your word, but, dude, you got to win football games. You owe it to the rest of the guys in the locker room. Fields, I wasn't a big, big on him, but I know he's better than Dalton, and if the players are going to play for him, then you, got, you really don't got no choice. I think the Rams are good. It's, maybe it's the – I mean, not liking them because they're in L.A. and everything like that. I just – I love Stafford. I think it's great that he's finally got a good coach. But, I don't know, I'm, I'm not I'm not bought in on the Rams yet. I know you are. I'm a huge believer in the Rams. The Rams are built to win right now. They – I don't know how they do it. It's almost like manipulating the cap, but they do it with draft picks. 
if if you told me they didn't have a draft pick until 2035, I'd be like, yep, yep, you got it. That that's 100% right. I don't understand. It just goes to show how how focused Sean McVay is on the here and now. He understands, hey, I've got this core group of guys. I've got Aaron Donald. I've got Jalen Ramsey. I've now got Matt Stafford, got Cooper Cup. I've got all these guys, and he's doing his best to maximize for the here and now, which, I mean, the Rams, they're my favorite to go to the Super Bowl. They're actually my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford has been in a situation that has not been good in Detroit for his whole career. I don't know why he stayed there so long, to be honest. I thought he would bounce when Calvin Johnson retired. But they're so built to win right now. All their pieces around them. Stafford, he is such a good quarterback. I think he's a Hall of Famer, even if he was was to stay in Detroit. I know that's kind of a hot take, but he is just so good. They gave him guys like me out there at receiver in Detroit, and he was able to put up insane numbers every single year. 2011, he threw for 5,200 yards. He was Patrick Mahomes for Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, he throws no-look passes. ESPN doesn't care, but he he throws those no-look passes. One of my best friends, shout out Drake Downs, he's the biggest Rams fan I know. And whenever that went down, I texted him immediately, and he was like, Super Bowl. I mean, that's the standard. Oh, yeah. Go, go, right golf's now. terrible. That, that's yeah. the standard. Golf's terrible. Oh, goodness. Golf, don't even uh, – we don't have enough time yeah. on the podcast for me to talk about how bad golf is. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, man, I just think that the Rams, they're built to win now. Stafford was that missing piece. Cooper Cup is going to have a monster year. He's a dog. He is going to have He's a, a dog. monster year. He's a dog. Yeah. And it, they're Super Bowl bound. I, they're going to play the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. They're going to beat it. I mean, I'll I'll say it right here, right now. The Rams, Bucks, NFC Championship game. Rams win. I mean, that that's just what that's just what happens. All right, Sam. For our first segment, let's go ballers and bums. All right, I'm gonna start negative and then go positive. Bums, Titans defense. We went over that. Talked about them. Can't stop a nosebleed. Kyler Murray can't reach the top shelf and torched them. I mean, it's just just terrible speaks for itself um my other my other two bums were the green bay packers just <laughs> entirely like i said i uh 38 three it's pretty tough i uh i can't i'm glad i'm not a packers fan yeah no kidding aaron Rodgers kind of pulling that over from the offseason i think and the final one <laughs> was the florida state <laughs> Offensive lineman who proposed to his girlfriend after getting beat by Jacksonville State on a Hail Mary. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. I mean, I I think the person to blame in this is the girlfriend. I think she should have said no. I mean, if it was Courtney, right, my wife, if it was her, if I would have been in that same situation, (laughs) I would hope that she would take the ring and throw it right back in my face. I would never like. I would at least like try to orchestrate something after the game or do something like. It would not be on the field after I just got my my tail beat by a. Are they D one double A? They might not even be a real college. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Anyway, you cut it. Um, ballers. Yeah, Dak Prescott, absolute gamer. So we're going against Super Bowl champions. Uh, t- tore them up. Hopefully, that would be a. Uh, as a playoff game we'll get later in the season again. Jalen Hurts, I know he's playing against Atlanta, but uh, <laughs> dude, he's a gamer. He is. And finally, like I said, not not a big fan of this guy. Herbert didn't really leave me much choice with his receivers dropping non-balls. And uh, Kyler Murray, I don't know how much I can credit him for that or or I just credit the Titans defense for being that bad. Uh, my third guy's – Got to be Russell. I uh, think he's probably going to try and go for the MVP this year. One super MVP vote ever in his life. Uh, always puts up good year, good, yep. good stats. I know towards the end of the year, they tend to fall off. Yeah, after that week seven or so, they usually start fizzling out because weeks one through six is that whole, you know, oh, Russell Wilson, he's only ever had one MVP vote. Like, this is his year. He's throwing for 400 yards a game. And and then they just – they always fall apart. Yeah, and that very memorable will happen. But for week one, like I said, he obviously – against a Colts defense where that I have probably 
having a chance to have a defensive player of the year candidate. I had to give give it to him as much as I'd rather not. So I'll start with my ballers first, just like yours, Dak Prescott. Nothing more needs to be said about his amazing performance and, and what he's able to do for that team. Uh, my second baller would be Matthew Stafford. Touched on him as well. He He's just in the perfect situation now. I'm, I'm so ready for him to win three Super Bowls, probably all back to back to back. Uh, I mean, he it's his time. He's just one of those quarterbacks. You know, it'll be a great 30 for 30 uh, here in about 10 years when it comes out on Matthew Stafford and how he was trapped in the lion's den, no pun intended. And he was able to come out there in L.A. in a tough, tough city to play in, mind you that. And he was able to deliver. I, I can't wait for it. He's going to win three Super Bowls. Especially being the second best quarterback in the city. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> my third baller is going to be Chandler Jones. Uh, we, we touched on the Titans and how, how horrible the Titans were, but Chandler Jones, he finished with six tackles. He had five sacks. He had three in the first quarter and he had two forced fumbles. He might be going for defensive player of the year. Yeah. He may have won it yesterday or Sunday. He may, I forget who was with the Patriots, but he wasn't doing that with the Patriots. No, it, it's one of those things where that position for the Patriots, uh, you get unleashed during the playoffs. Bill Belichick is on record saying this, that if Willie McGinnis had been able to do what he could actually do, that he would have probably led the league in sacks every single year. And that's coming from Bill Belichick. So that's yeah. high praise. And they, Bill knows that his his defensive style you're not gonna it's more of a team thing you know not one guy is gonna have outrageous stats until Mm -hmm. he unleashes them in the playoffs and then it's pretty sweet to watch uh my bums for the week is gonna be taylor lewan i mean nothing more needs to be said about about his performance he knows it uh aaron Rodgers. i don't know if you saw this during the game but the camera caught him and Devontae Adams when Jordan Love and the backups went into the game halfway through the fourth. The camera caught him and Devontae Adams smiling, laughing, cutting up, right? I just, I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. I don't necessarily like him as a, as a teammate. A lot of former teammates have bad things to say about him. But that's the difference, and let me preface this, I'll be comparing a lot of quarterbacks to Tom Brady because Tom Brady is the standard and I, he's been my quarterback for 20 years. And it, it, everything needs to be based off of what he has done. If Tom Brady, shoot, if Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, whoever, if they're getting blown out like that by 30, I guarantee you they're not going to be cutting up and laughing on the sideline. No, I mean that 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 just doesn't happen, and it's it's one of those things with Aaron Rodgers that irks me. He's just one of those guys that's so stinking talented that he he something's off, and he just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I said that's that's not something you want your quarterback doing. I don't care if you're the Lions, Patriots, Bucks, Packers. It's just not a good look. He's the face of the franchise. My third bum of the week is the Washington football team stadium. (laughs) That was absolutely disgusting. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know that it happened until probably halftime of the game of that game. I went on Twitter and I just saw this video going viral of just sewage being poured out of the concrete above these seats if I am one of those guys that gets hit initially with that sewage, you're you're renaming the team. I'm hitting them with a lawsuit, and, and yeah, I, the the team will be under my name the very next day. Oh, Schneider is such a joke. Of course, something like that would happen in his stadium. It, it's just so funny that something like that would happen to the Washington football team. Yeah, between that and the cat in the Miami Stadium. Whoever that dude is that caught that cat needs to be put. He's, a, he's, a, he's the baller this week. I forgot to He needs to be put on the hands team at minimum. He might take Julio Jones' spot because he can actually catch. That catch was the best catch of the week. 
I don't know. Terry McLaurin's catch was pretty good on the sideline, but that 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 those that are dude close. saved saved a life. I mean, I mean, I'm not a big cat guy, yeah, but and and, and cat owes him. Oh, dude, that cat should buy should buy the human food for the next year. That that's yep. how that should work. All right, so let's jump into to leave Crabtree beef of the week. Sam, what do you got? Uh, I got <laughs> the Ronnie Harrison versus the Chiefs coach i mean i don't even know what to say like what does that coach say to a player to where the player punches him knowing that he's he's done after it happens like i mean the browns are not very disciplined anyways which is why they lost inevitably to the chiefs i'd like to know what was said what what set that player off that bad to where you're gonna you're gonna punch like a, a you know offensive assistant coach or whoever it was I don't know. Like I said, I just I saw the replay and I was like, surely there was a player like in the hoodie or something like that on the side. No, it's a coach. It's a grown man. Like I said, if he's in, if he's in any other system, especially in New England, like you know you know what's going to happen to him. Oh, Belichick would have that player stripped down to his girdle, and he wouldn't even buy him a bus ticket during the middle of the game. Not he wouldn't wait till after the game. In the middle of the game, strip down. All right, get out of Foxborough. I don't ever want to look at you again. Uh, my other beef, beef of the week, really isn't a beef of this week other than Keenan just absolutely torching Kendall Fuller uh, in Washington Sunday. But uh, a couple of years ago when Kendall was in Kansas City, uh, I think it was the, day, the night that we beat the Chiefs on going for two that year we lost to the Patriots in the second round. But uh, – Keenan came after that the game. He was like talking about Orlando Scandrick and Kendall Fuller, and he's like, "They're doo doo one and doo doo two. And then Keenan absolutely shredded Kendall Sunday for those two of those big uh, third third downs yeah. to kind of seal the game. So I just thought that was funny. Did you see what came out about that last third down that was converted? What Keenan Allen oh, said? Oh yeah, he's talking trash to Chase Young. Yeah. Keenan Allen comes out of the huddle on that last third down conversion to set up. And he looks at Chase Young. He said something like, if y'all are in man coverage, the game's over. Yeah, y'all are, going, y'all are man coverage, y'all are going home. And then they're in man coverage, and then he gets up saying bye-bye to the crowd. Uh, it's just <laughs> How crazy is that, that a receiver can come out of the huddle and have that much confidence and say, oh, hey, tell the defense, the ball's coming to me, and if you're trying to guard me man-on-man, man, it ain't going to happen. You're not going to stop me because I'm that much better. Yeah, and talking trash and backing up is one thing, but talking trash to Chase Young, <laughs> who's a pretty big dude. I, yeah, Keenan, he's a dog. He's a dog. Best route runner in the NFL, and it's not. It's really not and close. I love Devontae Adams, but it's it's Keenan does it every year. He's top – He's second all-time only to Antonio Brown in 100-yard games in the opener, which Antonio Brown just went to five and Keenan just went to four. So my Tlaib Crabtree beef of the week is Taylor Lewan and Taylor Lewan. Lewan went on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it was, and, you know, he, he's one of those guys that he, he's very accountable and, and a smart player, all that. He put his hand up and said, hey – this is on me. I've got to be better. You know, that he basically has a beef with himself saying, Hey man, you suck. You need to be better. And then he, I guess, responds in the mirror and is like, you know what, man, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, we talked about Lawan, Lawan more than anybody so far, but did we bring just, him up? I think once or twice or maybe four or five times. But... Oh, I didn't notice. But no, yeah, it's rough. Anytime Buddha Baker, who's probably half your size, putting you on your butt. I just watched it again on Twitter while we're while we're talking. It's <laughs> oh, he shoulder presses him. It looks like Buddha Baker had a 15 pound dumbbell, you know, just stretching out his arms, about to do some shoulder sets. Mm-hmm. Looked like Taylor Lewan was a 15 pound dumbbell. So the person that quoted it quoted it said, I'm going to chop this up to me not understanding enough about this blitz scheme or something <laughs> as to why a safety is putting 77 on the ground. <laughs> All right, let's jump into college football. I want to bring up something about that game. So on the last, I don't know if you saw it or not, it was around Twitter. 
on the last play of the game on the walk-off touchdown. It's a clip of the Florida State's uh, booth, the, the commentary, the play-by-play guy. Okay, he, he's, he's doing his job, you know, talking through the play, what just happened, long touchdown, ends the game, yada, yada, yada. Well, the oh, yeah, color it. analyst, he gets so frustrated, and it's incredible. You need to find it. You need to find the video and listen to it. This color analyst takes his headset off and throws a Roger Clemens 98-mile-an-hour fastball through the drywall, I, I guarantee you it went through the drywall. It it was such a loud thud. I think they probably got contractors out there that night to give bids on repairing the drywall. I mean, in the video, you can <laughs> hear it as clear as day. Uh, so what do we got on UT in Pittsburgh? Uh, Tennessee, they are what they are. Uh, quarterback, starter gets hurt. Hate hate for it to happen. Probably a good thing for Tennessee's season, honestly. Hendon Hooker, the Vitek transfer, just looks like he can run the offense better. I mean, he's not overthrowing wide open guys by 20 yards. He's running the ball. He's he's a little bit more elusive because I mean, he's not as big, but he's pretty quick. Uh, like I said, losing. You got, you got third and one. Tennessee, everybody saw the, the – the pitcher they obviously get the first down bad spot line judges line judges nowhere to be found i can't believe we don't call it we've already wasted two timeouts that half might as well just blow the last one to get to score there because i mean we're down seven at that point but i mean my biggest issue after that just comes fourth fourth and inches from the shotgun i already hate it but whatever we're a spread team that's fine quarterback runs been eating them up all day and then we run a delayed handoff off the up the middle. It's not supposed to be delayed, but it's like one of those weird. He has to step in and get it, and then go up. So I mean, right. The all our, our lines gassed from we run the hurry up. I mean, one of the fastest offenses in the NCAA. I mean, so we run up the middle when quarterback at least do a pass and give him the option to run it or pass. I don't know. I I'm no coach, not a big people guy, but. Like I said, I scheduled a tea time purposely for 9 a.m., so I missed most of the game. I only watched it because I had money on the money line. Yeah, you don't want to put yourself through the misery that is UT football. I think – what do you think of Hooker? I think Hooker reminds me of of a Josh Dobbs to a sense. I mean, he he's just like Josh Dobbs in the fact that he he's not a run-first guy, right? He's not going to escape just like Lamar Jackson – at the first second that his his first read isn't there right he's going he's one of those guys that's going to use his legs to escape the pocket if he has to or use his legs to pick up a first down if everybody's covered downfield and that that was josh dobbs to a t man i mean josh dobbs was a pretty accurate passer uh at ut and i i just got i just got josh dobbs vibes from uh from hooker yeah, he, he making something making something out of nothing. That long third down run he made definitely uh, was Josh Dobbs esque. When you got a five-star on your bench, I have no idea. I don't understand the Harrison Bailey situation, to be honest with you, unless he just stinks, uh, you know, during during June and July. I mean, I, I don't understand. Why would you want to bring in two transfers, Milton and Hooker, when you've got a five-star? The thing is, Hooker, if he starts the rest of the season and he performs well enough and he wins the starting job for next season – Guess what? If Harrison Bailey stays, your five-star that you have as the third-string quarterback, if he stays, you'll get one year of him, and that's it. You'll get one season of him. I, I just I don't understand what the coaching staff is, is thinking. Hey, I, I'm all for it. If Hooker's the better quarterback and he's going to help UT win, go ahead. Put QB1, whatever. But it's just one of those things where I wonder if Harrison Bailey is one of those, you know, highly recruited guys, five-star, that just 
that just doesn't pan out. He gets to camp and it's like, man, maybe the competition he played against. I think he was probably a good offensive coach. Uh, I just don't think he's probably adequate for Tennessee, but we're also not Tennessee that I probably think we are. So he kind of looks like the head janitor at your high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the kind of vibes that his face gives me. Yeah. He, uh, I said, not a big fan, not a big fan at all, but I think he's probably a good guy, a good coach. Probably would do well at another program, but it's going to be tough at Tennessee for him. And then another thing uh, before we close things out, Urban Meyer at Jacksonville. I mean, I just, what's it going to be? I mean, family, heart attack. I mean, is he scared of COVID so he doesn't want to coach anymore? Like, what's going to be the excuse? I need to – Oh, you know he's got one. You know he's got one. He's Urban Meyer is one of those guys where I think – he's already done it twice, you know, quitting on a team. I think Urban Meyer probably has like a Rolodex worth of excuses to where he can, you know, quit a team in the middle of a season or whatever. But for some reason, the very first – thing in the Rolodex is heart issue and he pulls that out first every single time and he's like oh yeah I'm gonna use that one again because that that's a solid that's a solid excuse he's scum I mean I don't know if the players just are really not respecting him or love him getting his tail handed to him by the freaking Texans who I thought we're gonna go Owen I don't know uh the USC job might just be appealing i don't know well i apparently if he's his heart's not in it is what the report was now there were no major reporters doing that i just saw one verified person saying it but uh i don't know it'll be interesting to see how many weeks until he, he resigns because <laughs> it's coming it I don't, he won't make it two years no no this game was set up for trevor lawrence to win i mean trevor lawrence highly recruited guy one of the best, you know, prospects, best prospect definitely since Andrew Luck to come out of college. I mean, number one overall pick. You've got a cupcake week one. The NFL wanted the Jaguars to win this game so bad. It would have been a much better story if they had. And you go out there and you lose to the Texans, which I couldn't even name you five players on their team. I mean, it's just everything was set up for them to win. And they just go out there and they lay an egg. Yeah, it's uh, – like I said, I didn't think Texas would win a game this year, and they made Tyrod Taylor look like Sean Watson. All right, so that'll do it for Episode 2 of Sideline Spectator. Uh, on Friday's episode, we'll have revisited stories, which is something that I'm very interested in getting into. Uh, we'll probably start with the Ray Lewis uh, murder story. Uh, we'll also get into Aaron Hernandez. We'll get into Marvin Harrison. Sorry, not sure if you know this. Marvin Harrison murdered a guy and the league didn't even care him and Brian Kelly both. Yeah. I, I mean, apparently did Brian Kelly actually kill a guy? <laughs> he had a hand in the, a, apparently he sent a kid. I don't know the whole story. I've read it, but like, I mean, it was bad weather and he sent a kid up on the jumbotron maybe to film something or something like that. Well, the kid fell and di- died. I don't know if his kid or a man, I don't know, but yeah, we can talk, but we can hit on that later because that's why the execution of his team comment <laughs> didn't go over so well. Yeah, I saw I, – I had no idea about that. I saw everybody freaking out on Twitter about it, and I was just like, I, that's kind of soft if you're freaking out about it. Like, obviously, he's just he's just busting the team's balls. Like, he wants his team to perform better, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I just thought it was soft, but I didn't know that he actually, like, you know – had a manslaughter charge on his hands. I mean, you know, he didn't mean to do it, but. Oh, I, I don't think he has a charge, but. We'll uh, have to touch on that on Friday's episode. But, uh, well, everybody, we'll uh, see you all on Friday.